Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Yo, welcome to the podcast. It's Father Nathan back again for another edition of Catholic Stuff You Should Know with my compatriot in arms, Father Michael O'Loughlin. Howdy. Greetings. Greetings. You want to spell your name? Yeah, because the uh, One Billion Stories video got it wrong. I don't know if you noticed that. Oh, really? Yeah. It's O apostrophe capital L-O-U-G-H-L-I-N. Oh, really? You didn't know that, did you? Oh, I thought it was O'Loughlin. No, O'Loughlin. It's O'Loughlin, but the... O-U-G-H. O-U-G-H. Oh, interesting. Yes. We had somebody uh, write in to the podcast and say that they didn't know how to spell it, so... Yeah. Disclaimer. All right. Getting cutting to the chase because uh, I've got a I've got a meeting at three forty five um, and uh, Father Michael's got to fight traffic back. Yes, um, I wanted to read an email first because it actually has a wonderful, helpful hint. So, uh, Father Nathan, Father John, Father Mike, Father Mike, I discovered your podcast a few months ago and listened to it to my car nonstop. I learned so much from listening to you. It has improved my prayer life and also my ability to explain and defend the faith. Blah, 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 blah. I was, I really like this. I was looking for a way to spend the time, the time I spend in my car. I have a rather long commute more productively. Morning FM radio is a wasteland of inanity. Nice. (laughs) Which is true. Like it doesn't matter if it's conservative talk radio or, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, sports talk radio. It's not terribly good, but This is why I wanted to say it. Lastly, I wanted to let you know that I have switched from the Apple Podcast app to one called Overcast. Have you heard about this? No. Overcast. It is better in several ways, but mainly in that it has this feature that speeds up the podcast in an innovative way. Now, I was wondering if he was, like, speeding up our voices so that it's just, like... Chipmunks. Yeah. So, if, if I talk like this... It would sound normal, but um, but it does it differently. It's not merely going at 1.25 or 1.5x. What it does is it removes the brief silences, and by doing so enables me to save a few minutes on each podcast so that I can sometimes listen to one episode twice or to two episodes back-to-back. I highly recommend it. One of, I mean, somebody should invent a podcast app that just like takes out all the, all the garbage and yeah. like the banter, and so you can get right to the meat of it. And everything is false. You know what? Last time when you mentioned the banter that some people fast forward through it, we got a lot of emails being very defensive of the banter. Yeah. I, I was like, oh my gosh, people are defensive of the banter. They like the banter. They like a little antipasto before yeah. we get to the contorni and the, and the, <laughs> the secondi piatti. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's interesting. So, like, anytime there's a pause, it would take it out. <laughs> Which I think is cool. He, so he, he had no idea of pauses even there. Yeah, it just keeps going. He did it for comedic effect, but he's not going to get it. He's not even going to yeah. get that. Yeah. He's not even going to get that. That's what you're missing out on. Um, so this is from Tom Burns, uh, who's a doctor. That um, Tom Burns? No. his oh. it, See? The spelling is very important. Yeah. His is B-Y-R-N-E, and uh, this is okay. Tom Burns. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Tom. And he also says at the end, love the duck clock. So, well, uh, that's good. The loon history. That's right. My, my ineptitude. All right. So um, we are cutting to the chase. And um, I want to make a book recommendation. 
um, I was telling Michael before uh, we got started that there, this book is so good that I see it as kind of like if I only had one lemon, like that I was going to have to use extremely well, like I would take the zest off, juice the lemon, find a way to like boil down the the uh, what's that pulp or whatever yeah. the the rind. Use that gum. Take every single thing I can from this from this one little uh, fruit, and that's the way I feel with this book. My guess is, if you want to go ahead and pre-order it, uh, or order it and you know start reading it, you're going to hear familiar themes on it because I don't usually read a whole lot of books, um, but this one I'm reading at a surprisingly slow rate because it. It hits me so hard that I have to take a break from it because I'm like, crap, this is my life. So hmm. the book is called The Noonday Devil, Achadia, the Unnamed Evil of Our Times. Many of you have seen it um, either on Amazon or Ignatius Press or whatever. And it's by um, Father Jean-Charles Nault, a uh, Benedictine abbot of St. Wandrill. Um, and he is incredible. And what we're not doing a podcast on Achadia. That's going to come at a different time. A very interesting topic, um, but something that he says in this book. Um, but if you if you want to get if you want to go ahead and get it and start reading it, it's very poignant because I think a lot of people suffer from. It's commonly known as sloth, um, but the nuances that he makes uh, drawing from the tradition are really important for us. That just kind of feel like sloth is like uh, I ate too many Doritos and watched, you know, 16 episodes of ER. That's the good sloth. That's the good sloth. <laughs> and uh, it's not just inactivity, but um, he makes a line. Do you, Oh, do you have any books like that that you like? You want to make a book recommendation? Oh. Maybe we'll get like a bonus from Chesterton's you know? Orthodoxy. Really? That and then uh, Wellspring of Worship by Jean Carbone. Oh, yeah. That is Wellspring of Worship by Jean Carbone. That's an amazing book. I could sit there and just spend years just reading it. Have you talked to Steve Saya about that? No. He uh, sent me a video asking me to uh, school him in Jean Carbone and Euchre. He wanted to play, <laughs> play Euchre and do like a, a book study beforehand. Real, real so. quick, though, how, how do you spell his last name? Uh, N-A-U-L-T. Okay. Charles Nault. Jean-Charles Nault. I'm probably mispronouncing it because uh, apparently on this podcast, I get every single name <laughs> wrong. Um, so um, I just want to read you. This is a very short passage, um, and it's within the context of a greater argument that he's making. But uh, this, last, this last sentence was what I wanted to talk about today. He says, based on this little example, we have seen that there is a circular movement in love. So a circular movement in love is what he's kind of talking about. And this is always true. Every action can always be divided into these three moments. The three moments that, you know, he's talking about are presence, encounter, and communion. This is true for every object, since the word object is to be understood here in the sense of, quote, what is facing the subject. I took a trivial example of this, but one could take an example of human love, of friendship. For example, I do not look in the telephone book in order to decide what person I will love. I meet that person, and there is then a moment of passivity of gratuitousness, during which the person touches me, has an impact on me, and changes me in the depth of my soul, to the point where I desire to have a deeper relationship with that person, to enter into communion with her. Moving on. 
Thus, love is at the root of action, and love as its own root involves a moment of passivity. It is, so to speak, awakened by an encounter, which already happens to be a promise of accomplishment, and this encounter engenders a certain intentional presence, which proves to be the stimulus for the whole spiritual life, so as to attain a genuine presence of veritable communion. And this is the line, this last line is what really struck me. There are therefore three moments in our action which can be assumed directly from a spiritual perspective, presence, encounter, and communion. If you didn't hear anything of what I said, I hate being read to. I usually get like 4% of what they're actually saying. Just reading that last line. There are therefore three moments in our action, presence, encounter, and communion. And so I was sitting in the coffee shop, Kaladi Brothers. Nice. Uh, right, present. I was right down the street from Jelly, thinking of you. <laughs> um. I was at Kaladi Brothers, and I was I was sitting, and I started to think about my life in terms of, because if he's saying that our life is kind of a circular movement of love, when we kind of boil everything down, where am I experiencing presence, where am I experiencing encounter, and where am I experiencing communion? Hmm. Um, we have to know that something exists in order to want it. Once Once I know that it exists... And then it, it can convey a presence. And then once it conveys a presence, I can, have a, I can have an interaction with it. I can actually have an encounter with it. And then if it's, it doesn't matter if it's a food, you know, like there's a new frosted lemonade from Chick-fil-A and I want to try it and I hear about it and then eventually I see it and I want it for myself and then eventually I commune with it. Um, and, or it could be with a person or it could be with something else. Um, P.S. I, re- I I love Chick Fil A, but I can't stand that frosted lemonade. Everybody talked about it. Everybody was like glowing over it. It was on all the billboards, and I tried it. I was like, this is like they poured all their old lemonade into all their old ice cream and mixed it together. So if other people uh, disagree with me, I appreciate your honesty. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, but I started to think about my life and my relationships and kind of the ways in which I'm kind of operating um, spiritually, but even kind of socially, and saying, where do I experience presence? Where do I experience encounter? And where do, where do I experience communion? And hopefully successively, because it's, you sh- it shouldn't just be, you can't just have multiple presences. Hmm. And you can't just have multiple encounters, and you can't just expect that your life is just going to be all communion. So one builds on another. Um so then where do I follow that pattern all the way to its conclusion? Hmm. Um, so, I don't know. There, There's a, uh, I was chatting with the father, Brian Larkin, last night, and uh, you guys as companions always talk about the personalities, and I never got what those are. I had to look up what mine was. Right. Because they always call me sanguine, Nepal especially. I know. But yeah. But, but anyway, we were talking last night about it, and we discovered mutual friends too, sitting around, that I am a sanguine phlegmatic, which I guess is like means there is never any depth to anything. Oh, so you made me think about that. I mean, it, it's I, I kind of see that because I forget things very easily, uh-huh. like sometimes people's names and things like that. And so that's that's probably a God given personality trait that I I need to need to make sure that I go from presence to encounter to communion and even do that more deliberately. So I like even if you take nothing from that entire quote, memorize those three words: presence, 
and then you decide, you make a decision to make that presence become a little deeper. Then you make an, an, an encounter, then you make sure that you make that encounter become a little bit deeper in, in true communion. And sometimes that needs to be very intentional. We need to say that this cannot just stay on the surface. It needs to go into something that is, when it's such when it regards other people, of course, or art even, something that is, is even of God, and that's mm-hmm. what that communion is. I'm right now in an interior struggle, not at this moment, but I mean, it's kind of low level boil, but I, I want to just completely get out of Facebook. Mm. Um, and part of the reason why I want to get out of Facebook is it conveys a false presence yes. of myself to others and others to me. And I feel like I end up window shopping other people's lives yeah. and I'm never actually encountering them. There's this guy, okay, I have huge respect for him. His name's Micah Bradshaw. I thought Micah Bradshaw was the funniest guy I'd ever met in my entire life, Hmm. next to Nick Rosansky and Shannon St. Pierre, but they were all on the football team at Mount Zion. Um, Micah Bradshaw uh, got married a number of years ago. Micah was on the offensive line, a bigger guy, okay? Micah lost, like, a, a huge amount of weight. And I have just been so impressed with him and his dedication and his um, the way in which he's he's kind of ordered his life to kind of really experience that. But I've never told him because it's like, I don't really know Micah that well. And there's a part of me that's just like, well, uh, is that weird? You know, but I, I'll, I'll see his feed and I'll actually I'll actually stop and look at his feed and I won't look at my my like mom's cousin's feed because right. I'm just like yeah I know what she's posting, right. um, but for Micah like but I'm never I'm never encountering him, uh, and I'm never communing with him. And my friend um, uh, Bobby, his wife just had twins, and I haven't I haven't sent him a card. And part of me is just like I am not actually in relationship with this person. Yeah. Um. So it's not even a true presence. Um, it's not a real presence and it's not a real encounter and it's not a real communion. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm like millimeters away from, from writing that and, and just kind of saying, this is the reason why I'm leaving. And it's not because I think this is, this is super bad and I hate, you know, this forum. It's that I need something more. Right. And being attached to this, I kind of find that it doesn't, it doesn't give me the, what I'm looking for. Right. I think Facebook and social media in general can be used to like the, in the encounter then, or I guess it'd be just the presence there. There's a certain false presence, but there's a presence there it can be used to build communion. Yeah. I mean, people are sharing ideas. I mean, my sister sends like pictures out and it's nice to commune with kind of this image and kind of be like, Oh, I remember or whatever. But if I never call right. and I never write, which I'm actually not doing, I'm sorry, Ashley, I love you. <laughs> um, my sister Ashley, um, she uh, she's got two two kids, and so I looked at the the pictures from Scoville Zoo the other day, but I didn't call her and say how was the zoo. Like that sounds like, a, but I already saw it. Yeah. So it's kind of like I saw what the zoo was all about. Yeah. But I didn't. And Facebook's a business, so they they want us to it's a business. They want us to rely on it. They want yeah. us to think that we have more community than we actually do over Facebook. So we kind of need to fight the man a bit, even though we're on it. Yeah. So what I would suggest, and I'm really bad about practical points, um, but as I was sitting in the coffee shop, I began to kind of order my understanding of this and just say, okay, here are some areas 
that I think um, I need to to examine where am I where am I doing these steps these the circular movement of love where mm-hmm. am I moving from uh, presence to encounter to communion and then even beginning with a new presence with the same person mm-hmm. or thing um, and the four that I kind of came up with because I was thinking about the podcast as well because uh, you're somewhat part of me so when I'm thinking about <laughs> myself I'm also like oh how Aww. can I how can I translate this uh, to other people I looked at the I, I thought of the catechism. Which I know, like Father John Nepple's just like shuddering, just like why, you know. But it breaks up into four sections. You know, you have you have the creed, then you have sacraments, then you have uh, moral life, and then um, uh, prayer. Mm. So I I I thought about it in terms of okay, intellectually, um, how am I how am I working intellectually to just go from presence to communion? And not just like, I have a lot of books, and I have a lot of really sweet books, and I keep getting more books, but I'm not reading them. So I have presences that aren't even real presences. They give the sense that I'm actually reading, but I'm not. So then actually getting into a book means that I've begun the presence. But sometimes I'm not actually encountering it, Hmm. and I'm not communing, and and it's not producing fruit. Hmm. Um the next area, I mean, like these are these are kind of major subheadings. So then, think about it in terms of like the the truth, the truth of the gospel, whether it's the scriptures or the catechism or uh, just knowing more about your faith. Am I just am I just saying, yeah, I have faith, but I'm not actually moving into something deeper, where it's like, do I desire anything more? Yeah. Um, and then uh, the next one, sacraments. And the first thing you think of is kind of like, you know, um, the church, uh, going to mass, confession, whatever. I would like to bracket that and actually say, okay, yes, that that's important. Do that and do that well. Figure that out for yourself where you need to move in those three areas. What I would say is, are you are you moving in the in those three steps in terms of the sacrament of the other? Namely, friendship. Hmm. Namely, um, the people in your life, your family, your friends, your coworkers, um, your your wife, your husband, your grandparent, your great aunt who lives alone and you haven't called her in a long time, hmm. your aunt who just lost somebody really important in your life and you haven't called her. Um, th- these are things in my life. Um, so I think that we can have a lot of people, we can have a lot of friends, and their presences, but maybe they're not true presences. Yeah. Thoughts? I think that's even more tragic because, you know, it's so, it should be so obvious if we actually stop and think about social media, how it's it's an illusion of community. It can lead to community, but it's an illusion of it sometimes. We get caught up in it thinking that we have this community. And, and again, we do in a sense. We Conversations happen. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's almost like having a phone, you know, and certainly discussions happen. And Facebook's really good for that. You know, you can, you can get in, in the discussions and threads and jump back in and, and go out of them and things like that. But, but I think the thing I thought about when you were saying that is that the tragedy of so many homes where you have, you know, husband, wife, kids, grandparents, all the things you mentioned, they're all in the same home. And it only stops at presence. So whether it's kind of the stereotype of, oh, we all eat dinner, we eat, we, we might even all eat at the same time, but the TV's on mm-hmm. and we're, we're not actually having any encounter. And so 
I might live in the same house with people. I might be around them all the time. I might be sitting in a chair right next to somebody. And it is mere presence. We don't even take the next step to go to encounter, where there's encounter is at least making the presence intentional. Encounter in my mind without having read the book. I think, you know, we're, we're, we're here present, but if it's an encounter that I'm saying, I like this presence, and I'm actually going to put forth some sort of mental or physical effort to make this presence something other than just right. proximity. Yeah. And so I take that and I, I decide to make it an encounter. If that encounter bears fruit, then actually I not only want to be near this person or want to have this relationship, but I'm going to let that relationship start affecting my real life. Mm-hmm. So I've gone from just being an individual near somebody to wanting to be near that person to, in a sense, needing to be near them. Mm-hmm. Now, now we are, there's an interdependence upon us. And so that is probably the tragedy kind of pre what I've seen in families, the, the, the pre social media tragedy, um, tra- tragedy. Now I can't even say it right. He's, he's having a fever. <laughs> strategy. He's, he's shaking. Uh, yeah. Give me Tylenol. Um, the, uh, is, is that people right now we we've gone from saying, Oh, I'm near somebody, but not engaged to, I'm not even near them and not engaged yeah. over social media. We, we can be not even, so we're, we're even kind of taking a step back from the presence. We're further connected than we've ever been, but we're less. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and I, I, I think we, as, as many bishops have said, and the Holy Father has said, that can be such a good thing, but it, we need to put it in its place. Social mm-hmm. media has to has have its place. TV has to have its place. And it's yeah. so hard. I mean, I have kids in my parish that they will flip out if they don't have some sort of iPhone or iPod in their hands. I mean, they, they just don't know how to function. Yeah. And it's like they're, they're constantly engaged with this false world, but, but you know, they will cry or scream or make a fit. And that's their engagement with their family is like, give me, give me more stimulation yeah. that is just absolutely banal, you know? And, and I, I kind of go, oh my gosh, you know, this is, Hopefully when they get older, they'll grow out of that if the parents continue to kind of push them away from that. But it's, you know, we have to say that presence is there for a reason. Presence is to lead to encounter and encounter is to lead to communion. If, if, if the, if, if this person or this instance is not worthy of encounter, then get out of the presence. If it's not worthy of communion, then get get it out of the encounter in a sense, you know, Um, but don't just sit there and let it be something less than it should be and somehow feel that this is I'm comfortable in this when it when it's not moving on to the next level of hmm. of you know I, I don't know how that relates to Achadia. Sorry I wasn't no, no. listening. Anyway it, it's that we 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 fall back and or, or become comfortable where we shouldn't be comfortable. We we lose the urgency of the Christian life and the life of the body of Christ that calls us to communion. And we're I mean we're we're motivated by love, but many times we settle for lesser loves. Yeah, it's like, well, I should call this person, but I kind of just want to watch my show right now. Love's you know? hard. Yeah, and yeah. I I do want to talk to that person, but then I'd have to listen to them, yeah. and that's uh, this is real, and yeah. we choose lesser loves. So yeah. it's a good point. The last two, <clears throat> so I mean, the sacrament of the other in terms of the sacraments, then morality. Um, okay, maybe we're not doing some of the things that are listed in the scriptures as bad, okay? But what are we doing otherwise? Are we just not sinning, or are we living a life of virtue? And are we are we look actively looking at our life and examining it as kind of like, you know, people that are trying to keep a wall secure um, and saying, I want, I want to grow, and I want to be a better person, and I want to, I want to live 
the moral life, not as an obligation or like um, as a, I don't know, like a burden placed on me, but rather like this sets me free, Hmm. you know? So just reading about virtue is insufficient. Like the, in order to gain virtue, you have to do things. It is, it's, it's, it's an intellectual and moral virtue. Um, So we can, we can, we can know about truth but we become truthful by saying truthful things. Right. Um, so I think that the presence is um, finding the good and the true and the beautiful in your life and saying, how do I cultivate this? And even in friendship and in relationships, how do we do this? Yeah. Um, and then the last one is the friendship with God in prayer. Um, we can read a lot of books about prayer. We can talk to each other about prayer. We can um, listen to podcasts on prayer. The only way we become prayerful is praying and by continuing this conversation so that we place ourselves in a presence and that presence is legitimate and and real. Like, it's not just like I'm praying into the void. Like, I call to mind the presence of God and then I wrestle with him. I'm in a dialogue with him. I'm sharing my life with him. And then hopefully, like that's that's leading to communion, and it could even be a communion that we don't fully see. Prayer is not about did you come up with a resolution at the end of it, or did you did you feel better? Right. Prayer prayer is um, prayer is something more. I'm not ready to define prayer, uh, but that I, I just think like looking at these areas of our life help us to see that that God who is love is looking for these moments of love throughout our life, kind of like a reverberation, reverberation. Um, So that's it. Yeah. And then there's something about the beauty and the faithfulness and the mercy of God that allows the community he wants to have with us to allow that to be a process. So it's not like God is going to interface. I want communion. I want communion. But he's saying, okay, start with presence. Yeah. Then take the next step. You know, the next step. This is how we humans work. Start with presence, move on to encounter, and finally onto the beauty of communion. Amen. Well played. All right. Any shout outs? You got anything? Uh, you got I got to go back to Gmail. There was some guy going off to boot camp. I'll find it next time. There was somebody in the Philippines and somebody in Australia. Whoa. I'll ask for him. So I'll dig those up next time. So All right. I'm ready. Uh, the first one I want to say is, I mean, this is kind of a confession, but I recently got, um, uh, never mind. Uh, well, yeah, I recently got on Instagram and, uh, some of you have asked to be, to follow me on Instagram. If I've never had coffee with you, if I've never met you, if I don't know anything about your family and you don't know anything about mine, then I'm probably not going to let you follow me on Instagram. I'm sorry. I, everybody else has different rules around Twitter and Instagram, whatever else. One of the person that's that's let me into her life and I've let her into my life is Jen Lozier. Jen Lozier is in the middle of this. Uh, do you know Jen? I do. She's, I follow her on Instagram. Oh, yeah. yeah. This year of making is incredible. Yeah. She's decided to to, to make something, uh, you know, art or, you know, poetry or you know, kind of a sketch every single day. And it's really impressive. And I'm so, so jealous of her ability to do that because she's oh, keeping up with it and she's yeah. letting the world hold, hold her accountable. Yeah. Of course, um, the she did one the other day where she took a picture of all of her books and she said, I'm <laughs> counting this because I'm writing a paper. And I actually really liked that because it was honest, you know, yeah. like it was a it was a legitimate way for her to, to do it. So anyway, so Jen, we're very proud of you. Keep it up. Um, uh, we're enjoying it. Yeah.
All right, next one is Father Chris Ortega. Um, he's a priest from Savannah, Georgia, who reached out uh, to ask a question about a podcast that we did on marriage. And uh, we've just kind of begun a conversation, and I just want to acknowledge that. It's really good to hear from you. Um, and uh, I've even reached out to him to pray for things, which is just nice you know, like to know that um, – you know, he called my parish. If he would have reached out through email, I, I, I probably it, it's taken me like three, four, or five months to respond to emails. Yeah. So it, it would never have been real. But he actually called. He took the time to find out where I was and call. Mm-hmm. I am not recommending that to everybody. Um, but <laughs> you uh, just open the door. <laughs> I know. Dang it! Like, uh, but uh, Father Chris, what's up? And then uh, finally, two people, and I don't even know your names. One is a couple from Vancouver who is bringing their sister down to study at School of Mines. Uh, they came to Mass, and I met them, and I'm sorry I didn't write down your names in time, but I do remember your faces and your sweet glasses. Um, he had these, those, like, reflective, oh, yeah. you know, nice. fl- the, the hipster glasses. Um, so the couple from Vancouver and the girl who's just starting at Mines. And then there was another couple that was there at Daily Mass. And anytime I see, like, strange people at Daily Mass... I'm kind of like, and he had a Nebraska shirt on, or she had a Nebraska shirt on, and I was like, I wonder if they're here, like, on vacation, or like, because I've never seen them before, and then um, I didn't meet them. Uh, I went back to the sacristy, because I had to grab something. By the time I got back, they were gone. Um, Then I go into my office, and there's a bottle of rye whiskey, Um, and I'm like, okay, this has to be that couple, but they didn't leave their names. And, and and they didn't, you know, but just random person leaving me booze, uh, well played. So, so that's it. Um, presence encounter communion. We'll finish with a long pause, um, so that um, if you're do using Overcast, it'll work. We gotta say one thing at the end though to make the pause end. We have to stop talking. <laughs> okay, now. Yeah. Catholics. Stuff podcast at gmail.com like us on Facebook Um, I don't know anything else we'll talk to you later God bless peace